Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Before we get into the message, I just want to do another added plug for this class. Um, I know over the course of time, there's been quite a few people that have come up and asked, when's the next class? When's the next class? Well, there you go. It's starting next Sunday or Tuesday if you would prefer to do it from Zoom. But uh, I really want to strongly encourage you, um, if you haven't registered, please do it. You will never be disappointed. I can't tell you how many people, even one sitting right in front of me, were telling me, yeah, I've done so many leadership classes, I don't know if I want to do another one. But this one's different. Honest to goodness, it's different. And you will not be disappointed. Um, If you are planning on taking this class, please stop by the bookstore after service and pick up the book Designed to Lead and read the first 10 pages for class. Um, And you will also be getting an email early in the week um, for those that have already registered for um, the Right Now Media uh, post just to get you prepared for the class. And uh, you'll enjoy it and it'll be a blessing. We good? Yeah, I'm good. Good morning. Welcome to our place. So glad you all joined us. So we've been working through the days of Noah, and today we're going to kind of continue the conversation with current events. And when I say current, like the recent era, like our lifetime and biblical prophecy. Um, You know, we set the guidelines last week for the next 11 conversations with setting the stage, including things like rules for interpretation, the prophetic backdrop, the role of Israel, and even we talked about conspiracies a little bit. Now today, if all goes well, Um, We have Pastor Mike McDowell with us from Dearborn Heights, Michigan. He and his late wife, Audrey, attended here faithfully for many years. And as of late, he's been stuck over in Michigan and uh, has been attending remotely. So uh, Reverend Mike pastored for a season some years ago and is now working with Blitz Magazine in Michigan. And my hope is that he's going to be able to join us with the conversation on current events today. So do we have... He's there. I'm here. You're here. Awesome. Good morning, sir. (laughs) Good morning. It's so glad to have you with us today. By the grace of God, believe me. Absolutely. I heard you guys had some tech challenges this morning getting you connected. (laughs) Uh, A few Band-Aids and we got it straightened out. Oh, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Kudos to our tech team for getting this going. Well done, guys. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. You did a fantastic job. There we go. Oh, there you are. Okay. So... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that could happen sometimes. Uh, In the modern era, there's been some things that have happened that make us wonder, is this the same thing that the Bible prophesied? I mean, have you ever been reading your Bible and go, is that what the Bible's talking about? And, uh, you know, 2,000 years ago, the Bible prophesied these things, and now we're seeing them come to pass. Now, as a backdrop for today, I want to just point out that the moral fabric of our society has eroded and decayed from what it once was a strong nation built on the foundation of the word of God. Now as a nation, we're more confused than ever. We don't know what our identity is. And, you know, we've only been around 150 years, but things are really starting to spiral out of control, especially when you look at the moral compass of the nation. Okay. 
it seems that outside of the few people that are in the, I'll call it the Christian community and a few others that join with them, very few people have, have enough direction and sense to realize that the scripture is truth from God's word and that is the foundation and fabric by which our society exists. Um, but this didn't catch God by surprise. And in his revelation to us, he pointed out some signs that we need to look for. And in some places, he specifically told us what's going to happen. So we're going to try to start having a conversation soon. Um, it'll be more conversational, I promise. But <laughs> I want to start with like in, in Amos 9, 14, and I'm going to read just one or two of these and then reference the rest. But it says, I will bring my exiled people of Israel back from distant lands, and they will rebuild their ruined cities and live in them again. They will plant vineyards and gardens, and they will eat their crops and drink their wine. I will firmly plant them there in their own land. They will never again be uprooted from the land I've given them, says the Lord your God. And if you look at Isaiah 66, verse 7 and 8, Ezekiel 37, 21 and 22, Jeremiah 16, 14 and 15, over and over again, it talks about God is going to bring his people back to form a nation. And, and we saw in May 14th, 1948, Israel became a nation again. Mm -hmm. Now, as many teachings as I've heard on Ezekiel 37, it prophetically really is addressing this one event that we see happen back in 1948, where the nation literally was a nation of dry bones. It didn't even exist. And all of a sudden, sinew and flesh started coming and life was breathed back and suddenly had a nation, Israel again for the first time in really over uh, quite a while, actually, over a thousand years. And in Ezekiel 4, it says, then take an iron griddle and place it between you and the city. Turn toward the city and demonstrate how harsh the siege will be against Jerusalem. This will be a warning to the people of Israel. Now lie on your left side, uh, Ezekiel, love it. Place the sins of Israel on yourself to bear their sins for the number of days you lie on your side. I'm requiring you to bear Israel's sins for 390 days one day for each year of their sin. After that, turn over and lie on your right side for 40 days, one for each year of Judah's sin. Now, that's 430 years of captivity that they had to go into as a nation at this time. And aren't you glad your mission was in Ezekiel the prophets? Ezekiel, thus saith the Lord, lay on your left side for 390 days. And when you're done, roll over on your right side and lay there for 40 he said, yes, Lord. This guy named Grant Jeffrey, and he has an interesting theory on this. He said, Babylon conquered Israel in 539 BC. Cyrus, con oh, sorry, in 539 BC, Cyrus conquered Babylon. Jews were allowed to return to their home three years later in 536, but only a few went. So God multiplied their punishment of 360 years remaining by seven, according to Le Leviticus 26. And it talks about if you don't obey my punishment, if you don't submit to it, I'm going to multiply it by seven, which gives us 2,520 lunar calendar years. You adjust that to the solar calendar, you get 2,484. And you know what I'm talking about there, right? Because the old system used to be 360 days, and then we changed it to a solar calendar of 365 days. Yep. yep. <coughs> anyway, do your research, or just trust us. Anyway. <laughs> We did the research for you. From 536 to 1948 is 2,484 years. I thought that was an interesting connection. Grant Jeffrey suggesting that God told us exactly when the nation of Israel was going to be born. Um, that said, um, I'm going to turn it over to Michael. He's going to talk about the reliability of the scripture. 
Okay. I should point out at the onset too, we're getting a little bit of a, of a disconnect too, technically. You, you're fading in and out. So if I miss the cues, bear with me. I'll do the best I can. But uh, uh, we were talking about the infallibility of scripture. And I remember that uh, years ago when I entered seminary, A uh, professor for the years that the Bible is the infallible, inerrant, and irrefutable word of God and remains the ultimate source of truth. And the good thing is, is in the years since then to substantiate that, there's been a lot of archaeological evidence, and you'll see that documented in publications like Biblical Archaeology Review that substantiate the biblical account. There are documents, there are uh, uh, surviving shards of pottery, uh, various physical artifacts that support the biblical account 100%. So... Uh, we can, we can safely say, based on that evidence, that the word of God is sound. There are people that would reject the word of God and follow the doctrines of men rather than that of, uh, uh, of uh, uh, what the Bible says. And they're trying to appeal, basically appeal to the flesh when they do that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, there is scripture to back that up, too. We can look at 2 Timothy 4, uh, verses 3 and 4, which say that for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth. How many people know that sounds a lot like 2021 for that matter? That's, that's, a, that's a scripture for our times. Uh, in uh, the book of Acts 2, the Apostle Paul kind of touches on the same thing. In, uh, in uh, uh, chapter 20, uh, he says, I know that false teachers like vicious wolves, this is verses 29 and 30, uh, will come in among after you. I leave not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Is it possible that people are rejecting sound doctrine because they don't know what the word of God says? And is it possible they spend more time allowing their minds on what the world says than what God's word says? And I don't think we have to go any further than the internet to, uh, to discover that because people will see news on uh, various social media sites or they'll catch the news on television and say, well, it must be true. I heard it through that. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not a new development, though. You know, there's the idea of uh, prophecy passing as uh, uh, truth. Well, if it comes from the Bible and it's substantiated by the Bible, it is. But there are sometimes people who will speak uh, claiming prophetic reality. Uh, uh, Pastor RJ talked about about the founding of Israel in 1948. And in the years following that, uh, all kinds of prophetic voices arose that uh, would make proclamations that sounded uh, sounded pretty biblical, but eventually they didn't come to pass. Uh, for example, how many people out there uh, uh, go back far enough that you remember a name, uh, a man named Hal Lindsey? Does that ring a bell? Mm -hmm. uh, in 1968, he published a book called The Late Great Planet Earth which basically talked about that the end of the earth was coming in uh, that year. And while it may have seemed like it at the time in some circles, that actually didn't happen. But uh, um, just to show you how that, uh, how that lines up, uh, the following year there was a, uh, uh, and I use the term loosely, a, uh, a song that, profet that professed to be by a gospel group called Shango, and it was called Day After Day, and it said that in 1969 the state of California was going to slide into the ocean. And, well, that didn't happen either, so... You take that sort of thing with a grain of salt, but you know, it didn't stop there. There was, uh, um, through the 1970s and 1980s, there was a, uh, 
a rise in uh, prophetic messages from people who claim biblical authority, yet uh, sometimes what they say uh, either didn't line up with scripture or perhaps it uh, 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 went into peripheral issues that didn't really substantiate the message at hand. And uh, one of the more noteworthy ones was a man by the name of Herbert Armstrong. Uh, in the late 20th century, he, uh, he uh, headed a college in Pasadena, California called Ambassador College. Uh, he also published a magazine called The Plain Truth, with scriptural references and state exactly this is the way that things will happen. He also wrote a book, I have a copy of it here, called Mystery of the Ages, came out right around the time he passed away in 1986. And it talks about how uh, the United States and Britain are clearly mentioned in scripture in books like Daniel and Revelation. And this is how uh, uh, the course of their uh, of, uh, of a prophecy will follow with them. Well, if you read those books, uh, it never happened according to... Uh, to Armstrong's perspective. And he also uh, invoked other peripheral issues such as uh, championing the uh, day by uh, a different individual by the name of Gerald Weston who publishes a mag. Well, all the pertinent 911 uh, social media content uh, and of course the- You're not losing this conversation, it stopped. Okay, um, at this point until he comes back, we'll kind of pick up from there. You know, he's basically going through and he's saying, in recent years, there's been many people that have made many claims, but their claims have not proven out over time. And you know, as I shared a little bit last week, when people own it and say, hey, I think I missed it, I'm okay with that. But when they're like, oh no, let's recalculate, let's, it's, it's, then they start justifying it. I remember there was a guy named uh, Edgar Wisenhart, and he sold four and a half million copies of 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Will Be in 1988. Because it talks about this generation will not pass away. The generation what? That sees Israel come back as a nation. And he concluded that a biblical generation was 40 years. So therefore, the world was going to end 40 years later in 1988. Um, let's do the math. It's 2021. I don't know any way we can recalculate to fix that. It didn't happen. Um, so we have to be careful when we look at some of the prophetic voices that come out, but from there, let's go to Christian gospel. Yeah, and along with that as well, Pastor RJ, is, is the reality that when we take a look at current events, uh, I'm sure through the course of history, there's been many events that people said, yep, see, look at, the Bible said it, and then it happens again and again and again. And so we, we're cautious of that and aware of that reality. Um, but it's interesting, one of the ones that I want to talk about in regards to current events is that um, the Bible states how the Christian gospel will be preached as a witness to all nations. And, um, but as a precursor to that, to, to lay it up, um, Daniel 12 verse 4 states, But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there. Any rushing around? <laughs> and knowledge will increase, it says. Do you know that in the year 1900, knowledge doubled every 100 years? In 1945, knowledge began to double every 25 years. In 1982, every 12 to 13 months. That's quite the escalation. And currently that number sits at about every 
12 hours. You know, this is actually really important to know because in light of this prophetic word that the Christian gospel would be preached as a witness to all nations, the very reality that knowledge is spreading so fast is important in making that a reality. And so um, with the technology that we have today, it makes that more and more and more possible. Listen to what it says in, in Matthew 24, verses 12 to 14. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world. This is Jesus talking, so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. And again, in Revelation 14, verse 6, it says, And I saw another angel flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. You know, I've heard it said, well, hasn't the good news already been shared with every nation? And, uh, you know, it seems like a logical statement, but, you know, when the gospel um, talks about, you know, the, the nations as a political, um, a political country, when Jesus commanded the disciples to go into all nations, um, the Greek word that he's using is actually um, eth- ethne, which means ethnic. And so, and so when Jesus says, go into all the nations, what he's actually saying is, go to every ethnic group, right? And so um, when we take a look from Wycliffe uh, Global Alliance as of October 2020, there are some stats there. I don't know, do you wanna go into that? Yeah, I'll go through the stats. As a, as a precursor to this, when Jesus is talking about going to all the world, you know, 150 years ago when you went on the mission field, you packed all of your belongings in a coffin and then you jumped on a boat and went to the other side of the planet. And then when you died, they would send your body back in that coffin. Mm-hmm. That was mission work. It's a little bit different today. But the Wycliffe Translator um, Association, they say there's 7,000 languages spoken globally right now, and there's 1.5 billion people that do not have the full Bible in their language. That's more people than live on the continent of Africa. There's 1,500 languages that currently have access to the New Testament in some portions of the scripture and there's 700 languages that have complete Bible translations. That means that there's 2,000 languages that are currently in process of being translated. Um, Anyway, they're currently working on 2,700 languages worldwide, and 2,100 of these projects are through the Wycliffe organization. So, you know, the gospel has to go out to the whole world, and everyone has to hear the message of hope. Technology has made that available to us today to broadcast the message of hope, but we still need to continue to put the gospel into the language of all of the different ethnic groups that exist. Having been a missionary in Bolivia, I could tell you with 100% certainty, there are still tribal groups that live in the jungles of Bolivia that have not heard. Mm -hmm. Mike, go ahead. Did I see you put your hand? Uh, I'm going to go no. 
Okay. Um, another thing that we see is going to be happening in this time that we live in today. Uh, sexual immorality is going to be rampant in the earth. In Jude 1.18, they told you that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. And in Revelation 9.21, they did not repent of their murders or witchcraft or sexual immorality or their thefts. So we, we see that it seems that in our culture today, especially because people don't know their identity, they don't know who they are, they don't know that they're made in the image of God, they don't want God to exist in their life, they've exalted sex to be the ultimate expression of human existence. And um, as a result of that, it's created some huge problems. I mean, keep in mind, Jesus addressed this when he said, if you look at a woman with lust, or if you look at a man with lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart. That's Matthew 5.28. It's marketed, it's I mean, they use it to sell just about everything now. It's scary what they try to sell with sex. Yeah. You got some stats? Yep. Covenant Eyes is an organization that, um, that monitors and tracks, and it's, it's designed actually to help people recover from, from uh, porn addictions. And uh, I went to their website and pulled up some of the stats. Uh, it's overwhelming. $3,075-ish is spent on porn every second. 90% of teens and 96% of young adults are either encouraging, accepting, or neutral when they talk about porn with their friends. 68% of divorce cases involved one party meeting a new lover over the internet. And of those, 56% are obsessed with pornographic websites. And 70% of wives of sex addicts can be diagnosed with PTSD. That's overwhelming. And I mean, I could go on and on and on about, about stats on this. It's, it really is an epidemic. That's like $265 million a day. Wow. And how many is that a week? <laughs> 265 times seven. <laughs> I don't know, 1.9 billion, 2 billion. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> you know, it's a crazy mixed up world that we live in. We're the light. But the Bible said these things were going to happen. Yeah. Want to move on to peace and safety? Another one is peace and safety. Um, Luke 21, verses 10 to 11 talks about, I'm not going to read it, but it talks about um, that nations go to war, there's going to be famine, um, there's going to be plagues. Um, it's all about wars and ethnic strife and about famines, earthquakes, pestilences, terrors. Do you know that COVID-19 is a pestilence? Clearly. First Thessalonians 5 verse 3 says, when people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin and there will be no escape. When we're looking at this right now, I don't know, the marketing is you have to be safe. You have to be safe. You have to be safe. 
we, we've started saying it now because we've heard it so much. We've been programmed to tell people, be safe. Okay? Part of the definition of salvation is safety. In fact, there's a part of it when you get born again, you come to a safe place. That's right. And you get to be with Christ forever. There's a safety in that. And, you know, set the politics, set the politics of all this nonsense aside, okay? Because there's a lot of politics and there's a lot of opinions. Yeah. But one of the things that concerns me right now is there's division in homes, there's division in families, there's division in churches, there's division in corporations, okay? There's division in the country. Any country divided will not stand. Jesus said that himself, okay? Globally, we're seeing division like we haven't seen in a long time. And there's also an undercurrent of anger that we're seeing. Um, and in the church, these things should not be. So there's this website yes. that I found globalvaccinepoem.com P-O-E-M. P-O-E-M. You know, like what Pastor RJ was talking about, before I talk about this website, um, it's actually quite a while ago already, um, as I've been going through the Minor Prophets, I think in my message in the beginning of August, I even mentioned that God has me reading and studying and meditating on the Minor Prophets. I came across this one in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 18 to 19, and just those verses, I'm going to say, what sorrow awaits you who say to wooden idols, wake up and save us. To speechless stone images, you say, rise up and teach us. Can an idol tell you what to do? They may be overlaid with gold and silver, but they are lifeless inside. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. So let me read some of the poems that have been submitted to this website. Now, before you read that, okay, we're not getting into the politics of the vaccine, mm -mm. but when you worship something in the place of God, I have some very serious concerns. Remember, we, we make faith-based decisions in the church, not fear-based ones. Listen to what these people are saying. So there are thousands and thousands and thousands of poems on this website from all over the world. I'm only gonna reference part of one and I'm gonna read the entirety of a second. The first one that I wanna read, it starts out like this. Save us, dear vaccine. Take us seriously. That's the opening line to this poem. It's almost as if, it's almost as if the vaccine has personal quali qualities, like people, you know, as if it can respond. But does that not sound exactly like what Habakkuk was saying? Now listen Me, to this. I want to pray, save us, oh God. <laughs> listen to this other one. Vaccine, please don't be discouraged in your life-saving work by those who reject you, blinded by hubris, fear, or the confusion sowed by the soulless, Keep marching through the world, saving all who welcome your gift of life. People write this stuff. This is the attitude of people. I pray it is not the attitude of anyone here. 
but we need to guard our hearts and make sure that whether we take it or not, that we're not looking to it to be that human characteristic or that divine nature that will bring healing to our lives. I think I better stop there because I might get fired up. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing good. But that kind of comes into this next aspect. Mike, I I wasn't sure, am am I doing globalism or are you doing globalism? I think I'm doing globalism. (laughs) Appreciate you, Mike. (laughs) We tried. Okay, so throughout history, mankind... Oh, are you back? Throughout history, mankind, starting with Babel, remember the Tower of Babel where mankind kind of united and purposed to build this tower that reached heaven? It was kind of like this globalistic movement by man to, to kind of come against God. And interesting, you know, God's answer to globalism was always nationalism. He scattered them into individual groups by language. Okay. And throughout history, you've seen this where kings have tried to unite the whole world underneath of one banner, but it's always failed. It's never accomplished the purpose that they promote. And I, I just want to read this verse here in Revelations 13. The beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. That means there's going to be a season where the church loses mm-hmm. to the Antichrist. Yep. And he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. That's the beast. Okay? And the people who belong to the world worship the beast. They're the ones whose names are not written in the book of life that belongs to the lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. That's Revelation 13, seven and eight. If you jump down to 16 and 17, he required everyone small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. No one could buy or sell anything without the mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Uh, You know, this push towards globalism has to happen on planet earth because there's only one way that you can have one system that controls all commerce. And there's a massive push to put us into a cashless now in this world that we live in today. In fact, going down the 401 in the last 16 months periodically, I've had conversations with people where I have cash, which is still legal tender in Canada. Now, I know some of you don't know what that is anymore. Okay. And I handed it to someone to pay for something, and he said, no, we don't take that. And I said, I'm sorry. Um, it's legal tender. Yeah, but we have to be safe. Now, I wanted to go into discourse about show me the scientific studies where this thing transmits on paper, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or sanitize your hands or wear gloves or something. Okay? But there's a bigger picture here that we're missing. Once they get you to cashless, they track every transaction that you do. This is globalism. There will be one currency that comes forth. Okay? And basically right now you've got China, the United States, and a few crypto people that are fighting to be that currency. Okay? Because everybody wants to be the one. 
or make, they might make a new one that everybody has to adhere to. But once they get you, the only way you're going to be able to buy or sell is with a chip in your right hand or your forehead. That's what the scriptures say. Five years ago, if you would have told me that they had the technology to bring the mark of the one, I knew they had some chip technology that they were working with, but I couldn't see the path by which that was going to happen. But today, the social conditioning required for the mark to come online is happening right now today. And most of us are either subject to it or fighting it. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Bible said it was going to happen. We're not going to avoid it in the end. How long before it comes online? I have no idea. But I'm telling you, the social conditioning to bring the market to beast online is happening right now before your very eyes. We, the church, need to be aware of what's going on. We need to be awake to what's going on. Okay. And I'm not talking about all the crazy stuff. I'm saying this is literally what's happening. They're trying to eliminate cash. Okay. And there's this whole context of globalism and compliance. Okay. But see, once they go to cashless or to an app where you can't buy or sell without it, okay, if you comply, you can buy. If you don't comply, you don't get to buy. Do we not see where this is like? Do we not see where this is going? Have we lost our ability to critically think? When you come up with an idea, you have to follow the idea to its end. The end is not your safety because they don't care about your safety. I promise you that. Jesus cares about your safety. That's why he went to the cross and made salvation available to all of us. I said it once, twice. I'll say it again. No political party is going to save you from COVID. No political ideology, no medical procedure. It's not going to save you from this. When the pestilences are released in the earth, the only safety is in the ark. It's in Christ. And until the church gets that, they're going to make fear-based decisions, and we're going to submit to the humanism that's in the land that's going to cause us to, oh, well, churches don't need to meet. People don't need to gather. We shouldn't sing. Why would we take communion? That's dangerous. We'd rather be safe. We got to, we got to, anyway, jump in here anytime. (laughs) So based on all that, am I to assume that you're getting into the conclusion already? Uh, We can go to Ezekiel 38 first as a teaser for next week. Ezekiel 38 verses 3 to 8 talks about um, Turkey is going to make a covenant with Russia. It did. It's already happening. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord, Gog, I am your enemy. I will turn you around and put a hook in your jaw to lead you out of your holy, out with your holy army, your horses, your chariots in full armor, and a great horde armed with shields and swords. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya will join you too with all their weapons. Gomer and all its armies will also join you along with the armies of Beth Tagarma from the distant north, and many others. Get ready, be prepared, keep all the armies around you mobilized and take command of them. A long time from now, you will be called into action. In the distant future, you will swoop down on the land of Israel, which will be enjoyed, which will be enjoying peace after recovering from war and after its people have returned from many lands to the mountains of Israel. So when we take a look at that passage, yes, 
the peace, the, the agreement between Russia and, and Turkey, that's already happened. And um, Russia has for a long time already been trying to work its way down. Um, my personal conviction, I have no biblical verses to back this, but the previous uh, USSR states, I believe are all gonna be returned back to Russia, including the Ukraine. And that will open the door for Russia to move with all their armies down into Israel. Again, that's just my opinion. I don't know if it's gonna happen or how it's gonna happen, but somehow the doors are gonna open up and Russia will move into uh, Israel, which is a prophetic passage or, you know, that's another event we're gonna be talking about. We're gonna get to next week, the Great Wars. Gog Magog, Armageddon. We'll talk about those wars next week when we come. Mike, are you are you connected enough that you could do our conclusion before we go into communion? I certainly hope so, and I'll be Excellent. glad to give it a try. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> uh, technology. Uh, anyway, uh, Lord, we do pray for guidance and, and direction daily. Only your guidance will lead us in these times that we live. And Lord, we know that we must be sensitive to your spirit, Lord. Sin and hear your voice and want to hear it more than ever before. And we ask for wisdom and glory to you, Father. Uh, we do have a, a concluding that tied First Kings in chapter 19, the 11 and 12 verse. Go and hit the mountain. It was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not a gentle whisper. In other words, the Lord has your attention. Okay. So a couple things. We have to press in to hear God's voice more than ever. Yeah. We need to learn to hear the whisper. And sometimes we're looking for the earthquake and the fire and the thunder, but we need to listen to the whisper because God's speaking to his people. So why don't you all stand with me? And I want to do two things as we go into communion today. Let's do something a little bit unplanned. So, Dan, you're up in media. I would like you to find your way down and come and take communion with us in a second if you could. I would really appreciate that. If you guys could have Dan come down. And then as we're going to go to the table, there's a, there's a couple things we're going to do. The first thing is, I feel that we would be remiss if we didn't give people an opportunity to meet Jesus. You know, we're talking about some of these prophetic timelines and some of the things that are going on in the world, but the truth is, you may be sitting here and you don't have a relationship with Christ. If you don't know Christ, not just about him, but I mean really have a relationship with him where you talk to him on a daily basis and you read your, you read your Bible, his book, his revelation to us, and you allow his voice to speak to you, his spirit, and to direct your steps and order your path. This is how we live as Christians. And, and God wants you too to be in that place of safety and peace and love. Mm. And uh, the only way you're gonna do that is if you surrender your life to Christ and repent of your sin. So if you've never done that, I'd like you to come up and talk to Esler and myself right after the message. Come on up here, Dan. I've invited Dan down for a second to join us. Now, some of you don't know Dan. Dan, wave at everyone. I, I would like to publicly commend Dan for his faithfulness over the last 18 months to be the facilitator between you online yeah. 
in us. And he's, he's barely missed a service over the last 18 months. I think you had a week vacation. We let you off. But he's been the online chat moderator. He's been faithful. He's tried to help people with tech issues. He's prayed with people. He's Anyway, we commend you, Dan, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You'll never see him because he's always up in the back or he's at home on his computer. But we appreciate you and we value you. And I thank you, thank you. for helping us through this season, Dan. Yes. Anyway, you can stay up and do communion with us. Go ahead with the bread. You know, Jesus Christ, he came so that we could focus on something eternal. Like Elijah, who was trapped in this moment of internal turmoil, being caught up with the threats of a queen, the environment, the elements that were going on around him, allowing that to cause despair and even a desire to end his life, Jesus called him out to the mouth of the cave and he began to whisper. And you know, the idea of a whisper is that we press in. We need to shut out the noise and the distraction around us and we press into Jesus, the one who died for you. Press into Jesus. Allow his broken body to be a remembrance of your salvation, that we can be made whole because of what he suffered. And so, Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for me. Thank you for his broken body. Thank you for this element that we can partake of in remembrance of what he has done. We praise you and we praise you alone in Jesus' name. Fathers, we come to the table today. We thank you that the blood of Jesus makes a way of escape. Forgiveness is found at the foot of the cross. Father, I ask right now for your people that we are a people of faith. We are a people of power. We are a people of hope. We are a people of love. We are a people of peace. And we declare your goodness and your mercy over our communities right now. Father, I thank you that your people are truly being revived of heart and that their prayer lives, they're pressing in like they never have before. And they're reading your word and gaining revelation of who you are and all of the power that you carry and have entrusted to your people. we can identify as sons and daughters of God, made in your image and likeness. We're not here by accident. We're in this season of history for a purpose. And Lord, I ask that you'll let your light shine through us so that we can impact lives, that we can lead people to Christ. Yes. Lord, that we can transform the world around us by hope and by life.
bringing solutions every day to the world around us. Manifest your power. Manifest your glory in the lives of your children today. Release them from the hand of the enemy. First time I've been on a spot, so I'm <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Second time, uh, but it's happy to serve everyone here on live stream. Uh, you know, always behind the scenes upstairs. Uh, a lot of people don't see me because I just go right up there and do all the technical stuff. But uh, it's been great serving everybody. Thank you very much. Amen. Have a great week. God bless you all. We'll see you next time. <laughs>